This is the message from Connection Community Church for the week of January 30th, 2010. God is just and merciful. I just sort of want to keep that one rolling. (laughs) That's Coach Carter. It's a great movie, and it really illustrates what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about justice and mercy. That's the focus as we continue our sermon series called God Is. God is just and merciful. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by a just and merciful God. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for this day, for those who have been able to get here safely. And um, Lord, open our hearts to your word today. Justice, mercy. Help us uh, really stay focused this morning during this message. And that we would be changed and transformed by it. We pray this in your most holy and precious name. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. So God is just and merciful. Justice and mercy. You know, when we first hear those terms, um, they seem like they might even be at odds with each other, possibly even opposite. I mean, when we hear justice has been served, we often understand that to mean that the person... Uh, got what they deserved, right? Justice. And, um, and then on the other hand, when we hear someone received mercy, we would think that somebody kind of got a break. Well, how does that work? Getting what one deserves, yet getting a break. They kind of seem at odds at times. Well, here's something to think about. Justice doesn't actually mean getting what we deserve. The dictionary tells us that justice means fairness or reasonableness, especially in the way people are treated or the way decisions are made. Now, in terms of the legal system, it has to do with upholding laws. When we talk about social justice, it has to do with living in a society where things are designed to be fair for everyone. Not just a select few, not just specific groups of people, but everyone. And so it is getting what we deserve if what we deserve comes under the laws of the state or community, and those laws are equally applied and have been designed with fairness in mind. Even so, is it possible to, be, possible to be just and merciful? Is it fair to show mercy? Is justice really served when mercy comes into the scene? On the other hand, is mercy necessary if, it's true, if there's true justice? Let me share a story with you. A few weeks ago, I was on my way to a conference in Rehoboth. I was late. I was late for the conference. And so around the Dover Air Force Base on 113, as I looked at the speedometer, I saw that the needle was approaching 80. Yeah. There's a co I here. Oh, wow. And I thought, 
briefly about slowing down, but didn't until until I saw a car in back of me that was indicating that that's what I should do. (laughs) Not only slow down, but pull over onto the side of the highway, which I did, and uh, the officer, I don't recall his name, uh, (coughs) informed me that I had, in fact, been doing 76 in the 55-mile-per-hour zone. He asked for my license registration and took that back to his car to learn more about my driving history. Um, And so I sat in my car and um, I prayed. (laughs) Now, I I didn't pray that I wouldn't get a ticket. That that was just a little bit absurd. Uh, You know, I was going 76 in a 55. That is 21 over limit. I knew I was going to, but I was concerned about what kind of a ticket that might be, (laughs) points and dollars. And so my prayer, I think, was that the ticket, which I truly deserved, that hopefully it wouldn't be too severe. Anyway, a few minutes later, the officer came back to the car, gave me my stuff back as he shared with me that I had a clean driving record since 2002. That's probably why we have the snow today. But anyway... um, (laughs) I had a clean record, and because of that, he was going to charge me with just five miles per hour over. He was charging me with a 60 and a 55. Uh, and as I'm pulling out in traffic, it just dawned me, you know, that was the absolute minimum, five miles per hour that you can, if you're going to give a ticket for speeding, that's the absolute minimum that you could make it be. And so, Alan received both justice and mercy. You know, total mercy would have been, you know, just getting off with a warning, but that really wouldn't have been fair. (laughs) Would have been ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. So the officer did bring justice to the situation, and yet he was merciful, charging Alan with the minimum. He was both just and merciful. So that's how it works with the laws of the state. Uh, but then we ask, how about God's system? How about, how about God's justice? How about God's laws? Our challenge with God, I think, maybe I'm just speaking for me, but I have a feeling maybe this is a couple of you as well, is that we would like God to be just merciful. <laughs> just mer- Please, God, just show me mercy. I don't want justice at least not for me, it's okay for everybody, but not for me, because if I truly get what I deserve, (laughs) I'm in big, big trouble. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah. Uh, What I'd really like for you to do is just show me mercy. But you know, God isn't just merciful. God can't be. It's not God's nature. Plus, it wouldn't make sense. No, God can't be just merciful. God must be just and merciful. (coughs) Excuse me, just and merciful. That's how it is. So we did a little word search. We, um, We were curious how often these words appeared in the scripture, and we used the New Living Translation. We looked that up. We looked up the word mercy, and mercy was 164 times. Justice was 173. 
I was kind of surprised by that. I thought that there would be lots of mercy and not quite as much justice, but it really was neck and neck. They were there virtually the same amount. But that makes sense because they are equally a part of who God is. God is a God of justice, and God is a God of mercy. You know, when we read through the scriptures, especially the Old Testament, justice is a very important aspect of who God is. We, we cannot escape it, uh, especially in the Psalms. Look in the Psalms sometime, and this idea of God's justice just permeates Psalm 9, verse 8, New Living Translation. He, God, will judge the world with what? Justice. Justice. And rule the nations with fairness. Uh, Psalm 11, 7. For the righteousness, Lord, uh, for the righteous Lord loves justice. The virtuous will see his face. Psalm 36, 6. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. I hear a song in that. Like the mighty mountains, your justice like the ocean depths you care for people and animals alike O lord and in psalm 75 2 god says at the time i have planned i will bring justice against the wicked this is just four examples but it's over and over and over again in the psalms and it's not just in the psalms it runs through the prophets as well there's a well-known passage in isaiah where, which prophesies how justice will be a part of who Jesus is. You might, you might have heard this. We use this oftentimes at Christmas time. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Say the rest. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. And how about what God tells the people through the prophet Amos? He says this, he says, Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of what? Justice. An endless river of righteousness. Living, Isn't it incredible, this God whom we praise and sing, shout praises and thanksgiving to, in this particular occasion, he is much more concerned with the righteous living and 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 his people showing justice than he is with hearing them sing his praises. In the New Testament, justice is important as well. In the book of Matthew, we find Jesus and he's preaching on the mountain. It's called Sermon on the Mount. And there are lots and lots of people there. And here's what Jesus says to the masses. He says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for, for they will be satisfied. Mm. You know, there's no getting around it. God is just. And since God is just, God wants us to be just as well. The Hebrew word for justice is mishpat. And as as is true with many of these concepts from the Hebrew, justice or mishpat is not so much an individual thing, but a community thing. 
It deals with fairness within the community at large. As such, justice has two primary aspects, as pointed out in the online Bible study, studylight.com. It shares that there should be justice two times. When it comes to the penalties that are handed out in society, and there should be justice when it comes out comes to the social advantages that are handed out. As a result, we see how God looks out for various groups who are not always on the level playing ground with others. God looks out for them to see that they are recipients of justice. And so throughout Scripture, we see God making special provisions for these groups of people. And God identifies the groups of people, you know, widows and orphans and they say resident aliens, sojourners or strangers in our midst, wage earners, the poor, the prisoners, enslaved, the sick. Each of these groups have a specific need in which or an aspect of what's going on in their life that really prevents them from being a part of the larger community at times. Justice, or mishpah, isn't just for the privileged few, but for all. That's what biblical justice is. Biblical justice restores those who otherwise lack power and resources and allows them to be effective members of the community. It's not so much about the individual, as Alan said, but it's about community as a whole. We say in our Pledge of Allegiance, you know, justice for all. That's what we're talking about. Justice for all. Jesus brings this message home. In fact, Jesus is the epitome of justice. He is justice walking around. He's God's justice with skin on. And we see it especially in the fourth chapter of the book of Luke, where Jesus is at the synagogue and he stands to read, and the reading for that day comes from Isaiah. And our book form of Isaiah would be from the 61st chapter, and this is what Jesus shares as he stands and reads. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovering of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Scripture then tells us, Then he, Jesus, rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, you're looking at the scripture in human form. I am it. I am justice personified, is what Jesus shared. And so Jesus says, Jesus claims that he's been anointed to care for those whose society tends to cast aside. And that didn't just happen then. That happens today. It happens today. 
Jesus came to bring justice to some otherwise unjust situations. That didn't just happen then. That still happens today. And as such, justice doesn't just mean getting what you deserve, but it means getting what is fair. And so that's why justice and mercy go hand in hand like like two sides of a coin. Because in order to have justice for all, there must be mercy for those for whom justice is not normally being served. God shows mercy to those who otherwise are not receiving mercy. God shows mercy to those in need of mercy. And you know, the truth is, sooner or later, those who are in need of mercy will include each and every one of us. Mercy. As was true with justice, we find mercy throughout the Old Testament. Again, we find that um, we find David speaking of mercy through the Psalms. Very often, he's pleading to God for mercy in the midst of challenges, just like us. Good example of what David shares is this. Turn to me and have for I am alone and in deep distress. Or how about this one? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. Mm. And it's not just the Old Testament. The, the New Testament is filled with, with uh, mercy, and it's mercy of Jesus and people requesting it. Some of you may recall the story of Bartimaeus who was blind and sitting along the side of the road when Jesus came by. And it was Bartimaeus who cried out, Jesus, son of David, say it with me, have mercy on me. (coughs) Have mercy on me. Bartimaeus was like so many others in his day, like so many others today. He knew, and we know, that Jesus is the source of mercy. When we take a look at the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul who wrote Romans, Paul shares this. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor can we work for it. Here's the thing. It sounds just like grace, doesn't it? We can't earn it. We can't bargain for it. We can't buy it. All we can do is accept it because There's nothing. You know, we can neither choose it nor work for it. It is a gift from God. God gives us grace. God gives us mercy. It is a gift. We read in the book of Luke how one day um, an expert in religious law asked Jesus, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And, 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 And Jesus asked him what the law of Moses, I mean, he was the expert in the law, so he kind of turns it back to him. What does the law of Moses say? And the, and the guy responds by saying, well, love the Lord with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so then the guy says, hmm, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered him with a story, as he so often did. And the story went like that. He He said that there was a Jewish man who was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and along the way, 
Robbers, bandits, jumped him, stripped him, beat him, and left him for dead. And a, a, a priest came along, but went on the other side of the road to avoid this man. He didn't want to uh, be made unclean by this man in the road. And likewise, a, a temple attendant likewise went far on the other side in order to avoid contact with this guy who was literally dying in the street. But a Samaritan came along. Interesting enough, the Samaritans were hated by the Jews, and the guy in the street was a Jew, but a Samaritan came along, and he, he gave attention to the man. He helped him. He uh, took care of his wounds and, in fact, carried him to a local inn and stayed with him overnight, caring for him and nursing him. And, and when he had to be on his way, he left money with the innkeeper to continue to care for him until the guy would get better. And, in fact, said, if there's not enough there, I will repay you whatever it is when I see you next time. And... Um, Jesus then turned to the law expert and said, um, which of these three men was the neighbor of the Jewish man in the road? And the law expert said, well, it was the one who showed him mercy. It was the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. You go and do the same. Go and do the same. We receive God's mercy. But more than that, God tells us to show mercy. As God followers, as Christ followers, we aren't just here to talk the talk. We're here to walk the walk. We're here to allow God's mercy, God's mercy that flows in through us to keep on flowing right on out and pass on to other people. We're here to be the hands and feet of Jesus and as such share God's mercy with everyone who we meet. And not just mercy, justice as well. We're here to see that justice is served, social justice, uh, all kinds of justice. Just because people are showing mercy doesn't mean that justice is being served. We're called to see that justice is done as such. We need to remember that justice doesn't necessarily mean we get what we deserve or somebody else. Well, it means that things are being handled fairly and reasonably in that process. We're reminded of a verse that we find in the book of Micah. Micah was a prophet. And he shares with the people what God expects. Here's what Micah says. He, God, has shown all you people what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. What does the Lord require? That's a pretty strong word. Require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Let me ask you the question. What does the Lord require of you? Say it. To act 
justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. And so then the question is, what does this look like in our lives, in our homes, in our places of business, in our church, in our community? What does this look like? Um, Now, at first, um, this message had a nice, neat ending tied up like a package with a pretty bow on it. Nice and neat ending, saying what a wonderful world this would be if each of us did this, went out and showed justice and mercy and walked humbly with God. And we were going over the message, and and Carrie asked me, what does that look like? And I honestly, I couldn't tell her, at least instantly. Not with a real, honest, real, truthful answer. And I think this is why, because unfortunately, I won't speak for you, I'll just speak for me. I'm not sure most of the time how just and merciful I truly am. Maybe that's true for you as well. I don't know. Um, I mean, when Carrie and I were, were talking about this, it was last night, there was about, I don't know, six inches of snow on the ground, and um, I think, I'm not sure if we'd eaten or not. If we had, we were full. If we hadn't, we were going to have a full meal there. We were going to be full. And, and as we're sitting in our nice warm house with our bellies full, I'm sure, and I know there were people who were out cold and hungry. And I just wonder how justly and mercifully I'm acting when I'm warm and full and and there are people who are cold and hungry. Yesterday we got an email from Mike Rotina. He's our... um, finance director, and it was an email between him and Koshi. We support Pastor Koshi in India each month with uh, part of his salary. We send him $300 every month to help him, his family, uh, live. And after thinking about Koshi and in light of this message, we, were thought, we thought about how many kids he's not able to care for. How many kids are in the slums? How many kids who are hungry? And it was like so convicting. I mean, we wonder about justice and mercy. And we realize, you know, as Christ said in Matthew twenty six eleven, that the poor will always be with us. And we realize that people will be cold. Uh, we realize people will be hungry. We realize some people will be without home. We realize all these things. You know, we also realize that, for us at least, it's real easy to get complacent. Oh, well, there's nothing I can do. I don't know. It's real easy to get complacent and comfortable. It's real easy to write these Sunday messages about things and to bring them to nice, neat conclusions with easy answers, how to go out and make it happen. Nice, neat conclusions each week. And the reality is, though, the world we live in often is a world of pain, 
and suffering and hunger and homelessness and coldness in the wintertime and injustice and, and a world in which mercy often is the exception rather than the rule. That's a real slice of life of the world we live in, isn't it? And the truth is, we're not going to change that overnight. Not overnight, but change can happen. God calls us to this change, loud and clear. And if it's going to happen, it won't happen necessarily with somebody else. We can't wait for somebody else. God calls us to help change the world. As individuals and as a church, because we worship and honor a God who is just and merciful. And God calls us to be the very image of him, to embody him as we go out into the world. And so God can use us one person at a time, to make a difference. Yeah, God calls us to be his change agents. Now, what does that look like for you? I don't know. I don't know what it looks like for you. You have to answer that question. You have to prayerfully answer that question in your house, in your place of business, in your neighborhood, in your world, uh, I, we have to answer it for us. And right at this point, I don't have an easy pat answer to give you, even for us. I, I do know a couple things. I know that with God's strength and courage, it's only with God's strength and God's courage that we can learn what God would want, that we'll be able to be more just and more merciful with those around us only with that strength. And we know that for us to be God's hands and God's feet and God's voice, that's what we're called to when it comes to justice and mercy, that it's going to be a whole lot more about God and a whole lot less about us, a whole lot more Christ-centered, a whole lot less Alan Carey-centered, a whole lot less talking, a whole lot more praying, praying that needs to begin as soon as possible. I would encourage you to pray this morning. See where God's leading you. A whole lot less taking and a whole lot more giving. And so we don't have a nice, neat conclusion today <clears throat> on this because this has been a really tough one. We wrote this thing four times. All we can tell you is that God is just and God is merciful. And he calls you to that and he calls me to that. He calls us to that and he calls Connection Church to that. How can we as a community of faith live this out? We need to get started. I wish we had the doors open last night so that the people who were cold were here. Just 
mercy. If God's speaking to you today about that, or this week, or in the weeks to come, let us know. Because God has a mission for us to connect people with Jesus and the life he offers. And that includes justice and mercy. Amen? Let's pray. God, we read through the scriptures all of your references to justice and mercy. And God, you... I know the times when you've shown justice, I've learned an awful lot. And when you've shown mercy, I've been extremely thankful. Speak into each one of our hearts your message that's intended for each one of us in a unique and special way. Convict us. Show us, guide us through your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for the kindness of your love. We thank you for kindness that leads us to repentance. Lord, cover us with your love, with your grace, with your mercy. We pray this. In your most holy and precious name. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.